Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today we've got a new guest, a guy that has not been on the show yet, and I couldn't tell you why. There's not a really good reason, but today we've got Brett McComas from TargetWalleye.com joining the show. Brett, thanks for coming on. Man, thanks for having me, Chris. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, today we're going to talk something that's not walleye, though. You're from TargetWalleye.com, but we're going to talk burbot with you today, or eel pout, whatever you want to call them. Do you know why people call, some people call them burbot and other people call them eel pout? You know what? It's got probably a dozen names I know of, and every time I'm cruising around on the internet, I come across another one. I wish I could remember. I just saw an article about people targeting them in New Hampshire on Lake Winnipesaukee, and it was another new name that I had never heard anywhere. Uh, Maybe maybe it was Cusk. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it was Cusk, and I've never heard them called that here. (laughs) I have no idea, but you know what? They're a blast to catch, and technically target walleye covers all species during ice fishing so we're good to go man <laughs> awesome yeah i've I found that a lot of people in minnesota call them eel pout and canadians almost always call them bourbon so that's what i'm going with for an answer <laughs> you know i think bourbon's the official one and i don't know eel pout's kind of a slang nickname from what i understand all right all right so why do you like fishing bourbon brett what's in it for you what's uh, magical about fishing for bourbon <laughs> Man, I don't even know where to start. If I if I talk too long here, you can cut me off because it's uh, it's grown into one of my favorite species. But the the whole reason I started fishing them is in Minnesota when the rest of the game fish seasons close, walleye, pike, bass. Uh, you're left with your medium medium heavy rods, and they're sitting gathering dust in the garage. So it's like you still want to ice fish for the month and a half, sometimes two months of the ice season. You can chase crappies or bluegills and i really wanted to catch something that actually fought back and just stopped the rod when i set the hook and uh burbot do that and they do that really well even like a four to six pound burbot which isn't a giant it's kind of a a medium size one just fights like like you wouldn't even believe you'd think you had a you know 24 to 27 inch walleye on and then it's just kind of an average size burbot and uh Man, it's cool busting out the walleye gear. You literally fish traditional-looking walleye spots, and uh, there's burbot there, and they're usually hungry. When is the best time to go after burbot? Right now. Uh, You can catch them all year. Um, Even January, February, like around these parts, we can get a few a night. You know, a really good night is five fish or something like that. Once you get to the, the back half of February, usually for me it's like February 23rd, to the 25th or so kind of marks when uh, those numbers really start to, to bump up. And I would say the best week here in central Minnesota is about March. It's just after the first week of March, like March 5th through the 10th, that five-day window or something is uh, is when things, magic is really happening. <laughs> and we were just out yesterday and uh, they, were, they were spawning. There was fish that were pre-spawning literally spawn balls under the ice and some that we caught that were post spawn all at the same time and uh that magic week or or so you can catch them during the day which is unreal our our best bite just yesterday was actually from about noon to one o'clock midday 
which is just so strange seeing a picture of one with daylight in the background or <laughs> whatever, you know, because typically it's an after dark thing. And man, when that spawn is on, you can catch them all day long. It's a, uh, it's really a special bite that I try to block off on my calendar every year. Usually things kind of bump in the way, but it, you just got to do it. It's, it's insane. So that calendar reads, you know, early to mid March, best time to get out there on the burbot. What time of day? I know you kind of said it's, it's rare to see them during the daytime, but what time in the evening to, to late night, when is it really kind of go time for bourbon? Yeah. So for the majority of the season, you'll have a, a bite window right at sunset and like the first half hour after dark, basically like walleyes and you'll catch them all night. They'll be, there's very distinct windows and those windows shift some night. It's eight to nine o'clock is the best window. You pop five, six fish. And then it's quiet for two hours, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get close to 11 o'clock, and there's another window where, uh, for whatever reason, all the fish in that area are making moves. And uh, there's usually like two, three, four windows throughout the the night from evening up until it's way past my bedtime. <laughs> um, once you get to this time of year, this, this magic window, um, really like that March – yeah, just after the first week of March, it's all day. It's an all-day thing, and it actually gets tougher after dark. Um, there's still probably the best bite would be that sunset bite where it's just wild. Um, but I don't know if it's because they're so active during the day or what, but uh, we it just flipped that switch here about the last week where if you can sneak out in daylight, your odds are even better than after dark, and that's it's not usual. It's a special... Uh, usually seven to ten days or so around these parts where do you go to find bourbon man big deep clear lakes cold water uh i'm in brainerd minnesota and it feels like we're kind of on that line where bourbon uh where you really have good fishable populations in a handful of lakes the farther north you go it gets better and better south of brainerd i've heard of burbs being caught but it's typically in deep pools underneath dams uh they're kind of snaky looking, smaller fish, and just not not crazy healthy because they really thrive in that cold water. <clears throat> but once you get up to Walker and Bemidji, Cass Lake, it's insane how many lakes they're in. You can go in a small 300-acre lake that only gets 20 feet deep, and you could catch a 10-pound bourbon. Now around here in Brainerd, Minnesota, just like two hours south of there, I would say I know of probably six, seven lakes around here that have burbot that i've seen caught and uh there's just a handful two three that i've found to have really strong populations but go north young man <laughs> what kind of structure on those lakes do you go when you're going to set up for burbot so what we find around here and it, it seems to hold true with my buddies that are up north is you want really deep water close i like some of the deepest basin surrounding me or behind me and I like fishing the edges of large feeding flats. And the lakes around here, it seems like you look on the map and you find the biggest, largest flat on the lake. It might be a place where in the spring you troll spinners and pitch jigs for walleyes. You know, it could be a spot that's a big cabbage flat where you bass fish all year. But those fish are there for the same reason as all the other species. The biggest feeding flats hold the most bait fish and the most food for them. So I like fishing the edges of those breaks as long as they butt up by some deep water. Um, it kind of depends on the, the time of year that you're chasing the burbot, but 
Um, sometimes they're right on that break. Like let's say it breaks from uh, like 15 down to 30. Sometimes they'll be cruising right on that edge. Some nights and earlier in the day, they'll be on the bottom edge where that 30 foot tapers off into the basin and it, it's not right on the break. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. You got to <laughs> hop around, hole hop and kind of find that line that they're cruising. And that seems to change almost every day where you can find that magic depth. If you spread out with a few buddies for whatever reason, 27 feet is the magic depth. And that's where you're going to see the most and catch the most that night. But the next night it could be 16 feet or it could be 40. But that, that deep water nearby, edges of feeding flats, and harder bottoms. We do catch some up here uh, in coontail and cabbage weeds, and I think they're, they're actually eating some crayfish out of the edges of those. Um, rocks can be good. I've found that uh, around here, central Minnesota, I have the best numbers and size days when I'm fishing mostly sand. And there's not even that many rocks close, which is kind of interesting because all I've heard the last five, six, seven years is you got to have gravel, got to have rocks and definitely catch them there. But they sure like sand, too. And where we were uh, catching them yesterday and had the aqua views down, watching them literally spawning on camera. Uh, there's not very many rocks anywhere near there, but it is a harder bottom, just kind of hard sand versus muck and they uh, they eat crayfish. They're they're predators. They're not they're not just uh, eating corn like carp. You know, <laughs> they'll eat crayfish off the bottom. It's probably their favorite food. We've caught them with tulipies in their belly, perch, bluegills, you name it. And uh, yeah, you find bait, you find burbots. You see the big bellies they have, and they earned them. What are your favorite lures for burbot? Really, anything that glows. The brighter, the better. And heavier the better because you want to pound bottom. If I was going to tie on one bait to burbot fish the rest of my life, it'd be a spoon that's actually designed for burbot, which is pretty outrageous that there's finally enough of a following that companies are making spoons for them. But it's called Big Nasty Tackle Trout and Pout Spoon. Uh, they come in heavy sizes, up to like an ounce and an eighth. I can't remember the size. I usually use as the middle one. Uh, but it's just super dense. It allows you to pound bottom stir things up, put lots of vibration in the water so that they can feel that, sense that, and uh, track where it is. But when the bite's really hot, I will switch to uh, like a one-ounce just jig that you would see for walleye fishing, as long as it's bright glow. Uh, because if you've got a lot of fish down there and they inhale that thing, it drives me nuts when I'm trying to take a spoon off and need to find a pliers and there's four burbots on the graph. <laughs> and if you got that single shank hook loaded up with three or four fat heads, you can pop it off and maybe get another fish out of that uh, that spawn ball. You alluded to it right there. Um, how are you setting up those spoons? How are you setting up those jigs? And then once you get them set with bait, uh, how are you fishing them? Yeah, so I said bright glow is good. You also want lots of stink on there so i'll pile as many minnows on it as i can and still make sure that i've got you know enough hooks showing so i'm not covering the tips of the hooks but if i uh if i can find golden shiners i'll put a shiner head on each of the treble hooks um just because they're probably about the stinkiest minnow there is fat heads work great too for way cheaper and i will put at least one fat head on each minnow sometimes even more um, depending what size hook i got on and, uh, man, I've even played around with spraying, like, crayfish and, and shad scent on the minnows, and it definitely seems to help, which is pretty interesting. Uh, 
you know, they say bird, but don't have great eyesight. And so you want, you know, you want the brightest glowing bait and the most stink you can have down there and make a commotion. I think that's maybe true in a sense. Um, but I've also seen burbot where I start dropping my spoon down and it's maybe five, six, seven feet below the ice and falling. And I can see them raising up off bottom towards it. So I don't know if their eyesight is better than, uh, better than we think or if they just have such heightened senses because their eyesight's poor that they, they can feel that, you know, better than some other fish and start moving towards it. But, um, that's one reason that when we're fishing them, it's uh pounding bottom is just crucial they they're usually belly to the bottom and uh you'll you'll see suspended fish too but the majority of the ones are going to be tight to the bottom and when you're pounding that spoon and kicking up sediment and just putting the feel out there for them you're going to catch more fish i really like doing a you know three four five pounds right into bottom and then i'll do a bigger two foot rip or so bring that spoon up and let it crash back down and uh, that's usually really good for calling them in. And once I'm graphing them, I'll either continue to just pound bottom where that, that bait's barely lifting off bottom, but just moving down there. And if they don't eat that, I will try to raise them up just like you would a, a walleye or a crappie or whatever. I'll, I'll go maybe a foot above them and wiggle the spoon in place so it's, it's staying where it's at, but it's moving and vibrating so they can find it. And, uh, man, they, they usually eat it. It depends. Sometimes they've got the spawn on their mind and they're just looking for their next date, not their next meal. And that's, uh, frustrating when you have six feet of bourbon on your flasher and it's like, what am I doing wrong? Well, nothing. They're just, they're out for date night and you either, uh, miss them when they're out for lunch or you got to wait till they're ready for dinner. You talked a little bit about it, but what, what gear are you using as far as rods, reels, line, stuff like that? The cool thing about bourbon is you can absolutely use your standard walleye gear. You know, most walleye rods are probably a 28 to 32 inch medium or medium heavy. And there's nothing wrong with that for bourbon. They do get big. Uh, you know, if I was going to fish bourbon more than maybe once or twice a year, it's really fun to get yourself a big, I like to call it a whooping stick, like a 42 inch heavy fast action. And uh, a little more power for, for hook sets and horsing them in. Um, you can get fish that are up to, you know, 10, 12 pounds. I've seen bigger. I've seen a 14 and seen a 15. Maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to hold one. Um, it's kind of like walleye that uh, like a 10-pounder is a trophy, but there's the occasional 14-pound fish caught each year, you know, in some special bite. And uh, it re- it's really seemed to be similar to that for as far as the the upper size range for them and uh, i actually just picked up a uh, elliot rods greenback rod this year and it was designed for those giant greenback walleyes on lake winnipeg and it's quickly become my favorite burbot rod which is pretty funny it's uh i like that fast action of it because it helps absorb them when they're their head shakes when they're thrashing and rolling and they don't just come in like a wet sock you know they're constantly moving and that fast action is nice for absorbing those where it seems like all my other setups are extra fast because I like having that super quick load up for hook sets. And it, uh, I don't know, you, you can get by with your standard gear, but <laughs> once you use one of them longer rods and you're outside hole hopping, it's hard to go, hard to go back the other way. And, you know, line, as far as that goes, people have their own personal preference. I'm a mono guy, uh, for bourbon. 
just because I'm always outside hole hopping when I'm fishing for them. You get into February, March, it's warmer outside or at least warm enough. You don't got to hide in a shack. And mono just doesn't freeze up like braid does. And it just, that little bit of stretch is nice for keeping those fish pinned. And it's uh, just more manageable on the ice. You know, you can stretch the memory rate right out of it, pop the, the frozen ice that's on your line right off. And it just fishes really well when you're outside hole hopping. And we talked earlier about different names, eel pout, uh, burbot, cusk, all kinds of different names. Probably the name that, that sticks out to a lot of people is poor man's lobster. What's, what's, the, <laughs> best, what's the best way to cook them? You know, I, I still prefer, there's two ways that I really prefer. You, you can absolutely boil them, cook them like lobster, uh, just with some butter, and they're good that way. The little deep fried chunks are amazing. You basically would cook them the same as you would any other fish. And I just cut them into like a little, uh, you know, inch and a half by inch and a half cube and deep fry them Cajun. And that is outstanding. And then, uh, Jeremy Smith at Linder Media showed me a way this year of, uh, basically cooking them like scallops. Cause when you fillet them, they don't look like normal fillets. They basically have back straps and then tail meat. And it's, uh, I mean, it looks like a mini version of a backstrap out of a deer. So you cut those into little medallions and uh, get the cast iron good and hot, some butter, garlic, lemon juice, and just sear them for a couple minutes on each side. And that texture is different. It's not like other fish. It, it literally tastes and feels and eats like a scallop. And that uh, that's special. <laughs> you could sneak some bourbon in people's meals and they'd never know it. You could tell them afterwards and they would just probably – probably not be happy with you but at the time they'd probably say it was the best walleye they've ever eaten or best best fish they've ever eaten is there anything about burbot fishing that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on brett oh man you know i would just say that uh we're finally seeing studies being done on them nobody really knows a lot about them i i would never claim to be an expert i've definitely spent a lot of hours chasing them but i don't think there is such thing as a burbot expert out there they're just mysterious and there's some really cool studies that are coming out. Um, I've seen some video teasers of them around the office and uh, stuff that they're going through for next year, but they, where they tag these fish and track their movements all throughout the year and uh, their feeding habits and, and times that they're moving and depths. And, man, it's fascinating. I would keep your eyes peeled for those results because these things are a game fish. You know, the days of people throwing them on the ice or on top of the spear shack or whatever and wasting them are gone. Thank goodness. And uh, I think you go out there and specifically target one and catch one on purpose, you're going to get just hooked with the fight. They're, uh, people call them ugly, but they're almost so ugly they're beautiful. You know, everyone's markings are different. And I think you'll get a newfound appreciation for the burb. So you spent a lot of time fishing them. What's your favorite burbot story? Oh, man. Favorite burbot story. Uh, I have a lot, so I'm just going to say the first one that comes to mind. I went up to Wakusco Falls Lodge in northern Manitoba, 15 hours north of Brainerd. I'm actually heading up there tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. again, but this was a couple of years back. We went out fishing for lake trout, and the weird thing up there is you catch burbot and lake trout out of the same hole, and actually those huge, like, 42-inch lakers are eating smaller burbot. So some of the best lake trout spots are on burbot spawning areas. Uh, but we, we moved, we switched gears, and we were going to try to catch a huge lake trout 
uh, moved away from where we were catching these like six to 10 pound bourbon. And my buddy, Mike Olson put down a giant, uh, Tulabi or Cisco, same thing. I mean, it had to have been, I don't know, like a 14 inch Tulabi on this huge quick strike rig on a tip up and laid it on bottom. Uh, hoping that a big, you know, 42 or 44 inch lake trout would come scarf it up. And no doubt that flag popped within the first 10 minutes and it ended up being like a 14 something burbot that just was outrageous. The head on that thing looked, uh, I don't know. Its head was bigger than my 18 month old daughter's head. <laughs> and it's, uh, even in a bass thumb, but he, he let me hold that thing for a second and burbot thumb is the real deal. <laughs> that was, that was the nastiest, grittiest sandpaper I've ever felt. And that was just an insane fish. And it, it's just funny that, uh, you know, you look at them with their big beer belly looking things. And it's, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that they would eat something that, you know, is, uh, would be big enough and fun enough to catch on its own. And they eat that as a bait. <laughs> Pretty wild. Brent, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you coming in talking about some burbot. If people want to find more about you or Target Walleye, how do they do it? Yeah, go to TargetWalleye.com and click the button on top to sign up for free. I write uh, an ice fishing and walleye email that goes out twice a week. And it, uh, I guess I would summarize it as like the Sports Center top 10 of walleye and ice fishing. It's like the top things that happened that week and cool, new. One of the few emails you'll actually look forward to opening and no catch other than you just got to hear people talk about fishing and look at cool, cool photos. So. Yeah, that was what I, what I was going to say is it's one of the very few emails that I get from a subscription list that I open every time I see it. So it's a great email. <laughs> I appreciate that. I enjoy it. And uh, if you like fishing and like ice fishing, you'll definitely want to subscribe. Lots of good stuff on there. Brad McComas, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.